What does a godly woman look like? We have a final look here in Titus chapter 2 next on Truth For Today. A godly woman. There are a few passages in Scripture that we can go to to find out what a godly woman looks like. The one we've chosen is Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. It's our small series called God is Enough, a look at God's provision for us as husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, and children. Join us again. We're in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, as we close out our series called God is Enough. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. This is what you ought to teach them. Seven things. Train young women to love their husbands. This seems like that is ridiculous. Don't you know, Lord, who I am? Maybe that's why she has to be taught. Now, remember, many marriages were arranged. Another thing, there was no courtship in these times as a whole. There was not courting. See, that's what's tough in teaching. The most vulnerable time for our young people is when they start dating. You know why? There's no Bible for how to date. They didn't date. It was arranged. You got married, and uh, the marriage was consummated, and then you learn to love what your folks arranged. You hadn't even perfected your kiss yet. And all of a sudden, he said, teach these women to love their husbands. And the word for love here is not erotic. It's not physical love. It's not sexual love. It's to find pleasure in. It's the word phileo. We get Philadelphia. Teach them to find pleasure in their husband. And it's the word for friendship. Let them learn to make their husband their friend and not their enemy. That, that's the struggle because after the honeymoon, can I like who I'm married to? The fun part is perfecting your kiss. The tough part is liking who you're married to. I remember my brother Paul giving me wise counsel. We were painting a house together. Uh, I was trying to get money to get married on and we were there, and one day we were painting this huge house, and uh, we were talking, and he said, well, uh, let me tell you the dirty facts of life. And I said, goody, get with it. About to get married, I need my old brother to be my mentor. Tell me. He said, are you ready? I said, I'm ready. Bring it on. He said, the dirty facts of life is the rent is due on the first. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I thought he had a secret grip, you know, secret hole. No, 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 no. Can you afford the guy you want to kiss on? Can you pay the rent? Woo! When you start that, uh, now the honeymoon evaporates quickly. It really does. Rent, clothes. I got to wash his clothes. I got to have his children. I got to cook his meals. I got to be there, do this all of that, he said, teach her to find pleasure in her husband. How older women do that? I don't know all that they would say, but at least it would assume that she was a happily married woman. Can you be godly and still happily married? 
Are you grousing all the time about your marriage? Do you always run down your husband? Does everybody know your business? Are you the greatest fan of your husband or the greatest critic? So teach them to love their husbands. Dress for your husband, not for other men. And if you want to knock out date night, don't come that way to church, honey. I don't need to see your breast. I don't need to smell all that high-powered perfume. Save that for him. Come here modestly. Draw no attention to your body. We have to teach women that. We had to teach them in the early days. We avoid a lot of it because we don't want to be legalistic. But think, when you come here, we want to draw attention to how great our God is, not ourselves. Then he goes on and says something else. Love your five children. I mean, love I think both of my grandmothers had 10 children. I would just say to her, love your children. Love them. I can't remember their names. Take care of 10 children, huh? Without running water, without a refrigerator, without a microwave. Do that. Do that in a log cabin and one burned down so they had to move to the chicken coop to make it through the winter. Teach them to love their children and... uh, Now, there's a danger of pouring all your affection on children and neglecting the husband. There's got to be a balance. But can you imagine this woman uh, going through uh, sleep deprivation? Who knows how many children, hours, the baby's sick, a lot of diapers, a lot of distractions. Uh, Who knows what came from the womb, what the temperament is, colic, all these things. Does a woman have a right to be overcome with a child? Absolutely. Would it not be something for an older woman to say, Honey, it won't always be this way. Uh, God will give you strength. He got me through. He'll help you. Uh, Have you thought of this? Just practical, godly advice. To help her not want to choke them, but to say, No, this is normal. Discouragement. hard days. And so you teach her uh, how to love them. You know, children are starving for genuine affection. And many homes in America show no affection. It's like, we can't wait till you leave or you're the truant officer. Don't do that. Do this. Get out of here. Uh, Do we, both men and women, do we show any love to the ones we're raising? I believe in the rod, but I don't believe in calling them names. I don't believe in boxing them. I don't mean embarrassing them in front of other peers. No. The rod was intended primarily for older uh, young men. They'd be be young men as a whole. But sometimes short-term pain can give you a long-term gain. And and, and they're made right here for it. They, They can take it. They can take it. We're not talking about boxing, bruising, abusing. That's the bad press on it. God's not a brutal God. He's not an evil God. And uh, he said, raise those children. How many times did you say no to them? It, it's, it's tough. And he's saying, older women? And I, I've never seen that ministry in this church. I've never seen many older women have that burden. To come alongside a younger woman and teach her how not to lose her sanity while she's raising children and adjusting to a husband. 
Just think in Bible times as a whole, you got married and you had your first baby within the first 12 months. So you immediately have children and that adjustment. He goes on and said, tell them how to be self-controlled. And that means uh, to be sensible, keep their senses about them. Uh, and so he said, teach them to do that. Uh, and then it goes on and says, teach them to be pure. And the word purity here is the idea of moral purity. Uh, it's amazing how many uh, women are in internet affairs today. They're on the internet. Uh, they're, they're even into pornography. But uh, you can get into novels that uh, glorify uh, adultery. And you can be caught up in that. Your mind, stay pure at heart. Stay pure in your body. Uh, you know, here's the myth. And uh, I'm not saying anything new. And these young people take notes on it. So many of us said, boy, once I get married, there'll be no more temptations. The laughter is, mm-mm. Especially when you put women in the workforce and they're working around other men and the men are working around other women. I mean, and when you're with them 40 hours a week, you're with them more in the best hours of the day more than your husband. Because by the time you fall through the door at night and you look like you've been blowing in the wind, and he says, oh, my lover, says that's the wrong word. Say you're a sleeper. I want to be snow white tonight. Leave me alone. I want to go to sleep. Say, why aren't you fresh? You're not like you were when we courted. Say, no, I wasn't pregnant. I wasn't on a job. And I wasn't living with you. I was happy. I was optimistic. Now I have you. I'm whatever. <laughs> Fill in the blank. But guess what? Temptations for the opposite sex don't stop with marriage. No, no, wish it did. You still have to behave. And, and, and women, uh, stop flirting once you get married. Flirt with him. Don't flirt with them. Flirt with him. I know you, you're artistic. You caught him with your ability <laughs> and all that stuff. You know, you, you knew you caught him. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you, you got the catch. And, and, and there's those low points in marriage. After the second child, they say romance usually dies in a marriage. Yes, start all over. I mean, uh, she's thinking, the last time we were romantic, I got pregnant again. Now I got two children. My time is taken up. And so the struggle to be pure and not fantasize. Ooh, man, I wish we could date like we used to. If I could meet a guy that'd whine and dine me, take me out on Friday night, sweep me off. But good night. I'm home Friday night. This is wash night. He's going to come in. He's going to turn on the football game. And he's going to say, be quiet. And, And this is not exciting. It's like that thing I always say, the last time the guy saw any sparkle in his wife's eye was the night the electric blanket shorted out. <laughs> well, y- y- you know, uh, it, it just married life gets kind of mm-hmm, dull. It's not always a big high sparks and this and that. No, no, no. You're not weird. You, you haven't fallen out of love. You, hey, you're just adjusting to life and its demand. It's not every day of 4th of July. Not at all. Then he says something every woman in our culture loves to hear. She must be a worker at home. Just what she wanted to hear. 
Listen to what the Jewish woman did in the home in biblical times. She uh, kept the house, grind the flour, like many of you, bake, bake, what's that? Launder. Now, this was not with, throw it, Maytag. It's probably done on a rock in a stream, um, you know. I, I think it's bad enough when they had the old scrub boards. Anybody remember scrub boards? And your mama used in soap and doing all that. Uh, cook, nurse children, make the beds, spin wool. You know, keep her busy. Keep the house. And was also responsible for hospitality and the care of guests. Now, let's say four people come in on them, and uh, they, they want to do their best. Do you go to the fridge and say, ooh, let's pull out a filet? Oh, let's pull out some food. No, 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 no. Go. We got to kill the animal. We got to dress it. I got to cook it over an open fire. Oh, put it in the microwave? Are you kidding? The bread? Uh, they, they didn't have uh, Wonder Loaf. No, no, no. You, you, you baked it. You, you Everything's from scratch. And we got four others to feed besides my husband, the children. Oh, yeah. And by the way, put in 40 hours down here for IBM. Couldn't do it. No refrigeration, no butchered meat, no manufactured clothes. I mean, wow. And when you read the Proverbs 31 woman, she was a strong woman. She did a little bit of everything. She invested. She took care of a garden. She made her husband a winner in the marketplace. This woman was so engaged. Let me tell you, there's no time to get bored. There was no afternoon soaps. There was no afternoon, no technology. She was demanded. Uh, Now, here's the issue. If the woman is taken out of the home 40 hours a week, like 85% of you are, who does take care of the home? Uh, What do we do? Do we have a home? And I think what I've seen men, many men have stepped up and and you're noble, and I think we need to. If this woman of yours is working 40 hours and you have children, helping get them to games, helping do this, helping do that, come on, the plate is so full and overloaded. If anything, the modern-day woman deserves a nervous breakdown. She is loaded. She is loaded. I have daughters. I know they're loaded. They are doing more than I I can imagine. It's an amazing thing. But let me say, husband, wife, however you work it out, there's nothing like a home for children. There's nothing like eating your meals together. Uh, we always ate our meals together. We found out more about life at the dinner table than we ever wanted to know because we ate with our children. Uh, I was just uh, with, uh, Carol and I were with Tara C., Kathy's uh, precious girl back in Chicago. We met her at Moody Bible Institute, and uh, bless her heart, she wanted to take us to dinner, and it was joy. She's married now, has two children, grew up in this church, and we had people help her go through Moody. And there she was. She's as sweet as she can be. And she comes up, she hugs us both, and she does like this. Oh, it smells just like your house. And I thought, <laughs> you know, 
that I, does not, there was one, she said, oh, I remember the odors in your house. From the, she said, the freshness, whoo, good. And, and she said, I, I, it, you just remind me of it. I used to do that when my dad died. If I hugged one of his brothers, I could smell my dad. That's weird. But I could. And she says, I, I, I'm on Elm Drive with you and Carolyn now. Because she, Sarah Wilson, Jill Taylor would come. Uh, let's see, the Barker children. Especially, I remember cold days if the rain was coming, the mother was working in the Barker home. Carolyn would take them to the house. There'd be cookies. There'd be somebody home. Just somebody home. And those girls, they've seen us at times. And oh, we love being at your house. Somebody was home. And I'll tell you, it meant so much to me for little Tara to be saying that. Her father became addicted to alcohol, and there was pain in the home. Kathy was having a tough time. And to have that girl find a place of refuge, come. See, today, people aren't used to hospitality. They're saying, I'll meet you at a restaurant. And a restaurant isn't as warm as your home. It's just not. And he said, keepers at home, somebody who plans the meals, Burger King, uh, who plans to be there? Uh, you can't escape this if you want a home. Do you want a home or do you want it just a garage where you change clothes? You just keep going. So he said, pay attention to that home. And uh, told her to be kind. And the word kind here means to be uh, beneficial to others. Her, her character benefits them. Then he ends up by saying, and by the way, teach younger women to submit to their husbands. Now, if you're a mad wife, if you're a bitter woman, if you're not godly, and you haven't worked that out, you're the last woman to be teaching a young woman. Because you're going to pass on that bitterness, that hostility, and those issues that maybe you never resolve. But he said, a godly woman ought to teach a younger woman, submit to your husband. It's best for you. It's God's plan. Uh, it's not anti-feminine. It's not anti-worth. Because submission in the Bible was taught to all of us. We're all to submit to government. We're to submit to elders in the church. I mean, submission is a Christian virtue. It's, it's not subjugation. Submission doesn't happen when you're rebelling and you don't want to. You haven't submitted. You, you may be subordinate. You may be subjected, but you haven't submitted. Submission is the Lord has already won the battle in my heart. I'm going to do this as unto the Lord. Ephesians 5, 21, 1 Peter 3, Likewise, women submit as Christ submitted to the Father. It's all over the Bible. It's not a male chauvinistic doctrine. It's the Heavenly Father's teaching for you, not a chauvinistic God. God created you in his image. And submission, if submission is inferiority, God the Son is inferior. He submitted to the Father all the way. And you read 1 Peter, Christ is the model of submission. And if you're not submissive, you're in rebellion to your Father. I don't expect you to submit to me when you don't love God. And when you love God, 
Even an imperfect person you could submit to. It didn't say submit because you're afraid of your husband. And men, men, please, do not mess with a woman who is submitting. If you say you better do it if you know what's good for you. If you strip any motivation from her that she's doing this because of her love for Christ and you take credit, God will deal with you. That's wrong. This is a sacred thing to submit because you love the Savior. Don't, don't tamper with that. You're reaping the benefit of her love of Christ. You're getting the benefit, right? I married such a woman. I get the benefit of her love of Christ. And men, I can't tell you how many benefits that brings. Well, uh, he says, do all this that the word of God will not be blasphemed. Let me ask you some questions in closing. Are you a godly older woman? I'm just asking. I don't know. Are you? We sure need them. Younger women are crying for your help. Are you investing in younger women? On what level are you? Uh, sign up in the back. Uh, are you willing to counsel women? Are you willing to work in our youth group and help us with these precious girls that are coming along and becoming young ladies? Who's there to talk to them? Maybe their mom's not a believer. Maybe their dad's not a believer. Can they meet a godly woman who will be kind to them? By the way, older folks, try, try to stay attractive to young people. Don't be, I love Jesus. And, and, and when you get older, take care of yourself. Don't learn to get ugly. My girls used to say when they were young, are there any pretty Christian women? Or is ugly in? I mean, kind of beautify yourself. If the barn needs paint, paint it. And you young women, don't be showing off your body. I heard a great word from E.K. Bailey who said, if the house is not for sale, take down the sign. Don't be selling your body. Don't sell your body. There's too many predators and wolves out there will use you in a minute and ruin you. Don't you do it. Your body belongs to the Lord. You, you say, I, my body is yours, Lord. I ask you, are you willing to invest in precious women fighting to find their way? And younger women, I would say to you, the Lord won't put more on you than you can bear. Sometimes I want to ask you, are you putting more than he intends? Be sure you're, you're loaded, children, wife, and, and you know, and then at, at 9.30 you turn into the love bunny of the month. No, no, wait. Wait, you turn in Sister Haggard. Say, I'm done in. I'm the burnout light bulb in the billboard of life. I'm shot. Why? Where is that romance we used to have? That job I just finished. And that check that we just bought the new car, send the kid to college, just bought you that new boat. And that's where it is. It's trade-offs. Sister Exhaustion can't be the playmate of the month. Wake up, men. Help them. Share the load. Don't let her crash. Don't let her lose heart. What family looks like from God's perspective. 
Our series is called God is Enough, and this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. It's our prayer that as you join us on a regular basis that you become more grounded in God's Word, that you grow in His grace and in His mercy, and that you find yourself living out your life for Christ. If you have questions, comments about the broadcast, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach us at 855-833-9864. Again, our phone number is 855-833-9864. Or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Please remember also that we are a listener-supported ministry. No gift is too small or too large as you partner with us to continue the ministry here on KFAX. Please consider that as you contact us. And remember also that the series today's broadcast was taken from is available from us for a gift of any amount. Simply ask for God is Enough. It is a three-message set, and we'll get one off to you. Copies of the broadcast today, simply mention the date when you contact us again, 855-833-9864. And any amount, again, no gift is too small or no gift is too large, will go directly back into the ministry here at Truth For Today. You can also find out more about us at our website, valleybible.org. We'd love for you to swing by, say hi, drop us an email, find out more about Valley Bible Church in Hercules, when we meet and where and how to get here. Again, it's all at valleybible.org, along with the ability to donate securely online and take advantage of the wonderful resources we have available through our store. Again, valleybible.org. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. 